0: It sounds really sexy to leave your job until you realize, oh, I need to pay for insurance. Oh, 401K. Like these, like the total value proposition of when you work with an employer versus being your own employee of your business. I'm like, dang, you know, like even in my business, I'm like, Wealth Over Now, you got money. Keena, I mean, you got some money, but like Wealth Over Now is really the one that
1: has the money. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. All right, Capsters, Kina and I, we met in a mastermind. We both are coaches and we both coach on money. I also coach um, business owners on time and on their CEO mind drama, but Kina really is like all things money, all things personal finance. So tell me, if people are coming to you, what are you guys specifically working on together? If they're yeah, raising so, their hand, they finally yeah, identify so. themselves <laughs> as the key to lurker.
0: It's me, it's me. Um, so I work with like professional women and solopreneurs around money. And I mean, I know that we do the same thing, but I think the people that are coming to me self-identify with the fact that like they're making more money than they've ever made before but yet they still feel like they don't feel more ease or they don't feel mm-hmm. more in control so they've been making more money because that's what we're told right like make more money um and so you assume that if you're making six figures then your life is going to be better than making thirty thousand dollars a year which yep. in some ways like life is better um but when they're specifically. Uh, thinking about spending money, they have thoughts about spending money. If they're thinking about looking at their savings, like they have thoughts about how much money they do or don't have saved, um, mm-hmm. or they have thoughts about their debt. And then I also have like a unique um, little branch in there as well. Like some people come from family money and they also have thoughts about it. So it's it's all centered around thoughts about money. Some people that get on a console with me will say like I'm a Kina lurker, which someone Ooh. deemed that they've been like lurking right on social media. Um so that's a big thing
1: so tell us why what why people lurk you because I would say it's the same thing people are kind of probably even scared to engage with our content because what do they think is going to happen well I think I
0: think it's like raising your hand to say you have a problem right yeah. and so you don't want to self-identify mm-hmm. as the person that has the problem there's mm-hmm. just so many things about money that are shameful and I just I don't know what you say to your people but like I will joke with people on consoles and I've said this in my content as well that like it's going to feel like you're showing me your underwear drawer right like oh, I think yeah. everyone can relate to that where you're like no 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 don't look at those I've had those since high school but look at these I just got them last week. <laughs>
1: I love it. It's it's true. I mean, I haven't used that analogy, but what I do always say is that there is nothing that you cannot show me that won't shock that will shock me. Because yeah. truly, and we talked about this a little bit before we pressed record. It's it's this phenomenon where everybody thinks that they're the special snowflake that has this issue with money or has this lack of understanding and probably most of it is coming from the fact that financial literacy is not really taught to us at all, unless you go on to be a finance major. And even if you do, there's no such thing as a personal finance major. I was going to say being a finance major, which I have a background
0: in finance, (laughs) like, according to the University of Tulsa, uh, (laughs) that that like that doesn't help you manage your money. Well, um, I learned the time value of money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so before we even dive into what we help our clients with, it's like, can you tell me what was your journey to having all these healthy thoughts about money? Because I think mine was very odd and unique how I ended up being someone who coaches on money. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I always think I wonder how we landed here. Oh, yeah. Do um, you always have good money thoughts? I feel like I always, I feel like I learned how to
0: manage money, like early on, like I think about college. Um, I was rich, by the way, in college, I made $300 (laughs) a month for work study. Oh, yeah. And I had student loans out the wazoo. So I was very wealthy. Um, (laughs) But like, I I feel like I was managing money at that time. And it was like, oh, I need to pay to get my hair done. I need to pay like, you know, for my cell phone. So it was a small amount of money that I was managing. But then, um, like I said, I have a major in business and finance or management and finance. And I actually signed up for teach for America with my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And I was like interviewing for uh, grad school. Cause I was going to get an MBA, like all of this to say, I was destined to be wealthy. Um, but then I decided to do teach for America and turn down a job that was making, I think I was going to make $55,000 a year coming out of college with a job in oil and gas that I accepted. And then when I accepted the teach for America offer, I was making like $30,000 a year. And so like, that's when I started having like a budget conversation, literally with this guy that's recruiting me. I was like, tell me how I'm supposed to live
1: uh yeah $30,000 so, $30, where were you moving to
0: for teacher I era? was moving to St. Louis um but <laughs> I knew I had student loans and at the time you think like nobody would actually give you money like in a loan form if you couldn't afford to pay it back right like right right, that right, right, be right. responsible so I, I got it right <laughs> that's what I thought yes the misconception there so me focusing on money really came from Wanting to do something like Teach for America for me was really about like passion and wanting to help people. In in this particular case, it was like helping students, Um, but not feeling it was like, okay, but how can I do this if I don't feel like I'm making enough money? So I needed to know at that time I was like, I need to know if the numbers work. Like, can I afford to pay rent? Can I save any money? Like I was asking myself those questions Mm -hmm. at 22, 21, 22.
1: Ahead of the game. Yeah. I know it seems so basic for those of us who are like more seasoned in asking ourselves high quality questions about money, but I know people that come to me that are in their thirties or forties even, and they have not yet asked myself the question of, is my income or is what I'm making in my entrepreneurial pursuits enough to support? Or what would I have to earn in order to support my expenses? And they don't even know what their expenses are at a basic. And it's like, it's the most
0: important question to ask. Like, for me, also working with professionals like that, you know, have a nine to five, I encounter people that they're like, Kina, I got a raise. And I'm like, okay, how much was it? And they come back and tell me $5,000, which I'm not knocking the $5,000, but I'm like, do you know the purpose of that $5,000 in your life? Do you know that they're going to tax it? So really you're only getting like $2,500 spread out over the course of over the year. The so really year. you're getting about a hundred extra dollars a month, right? And so there's like a misalignment for a lot of the people that I work with because they don't know their numbers and they're scared to budget because you know budgeting is a like a dirty word. Um, mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is like, they sometimes put themselves in a position where they're under earning or they overestimate what additional income can or cannot do in their current financial circumstance
1: yeah and i think that so for those of you who are listening who are like oh god and you're feeling that like underwear shame that we are talking about where you're like oh my gosh i haven't asked myself this question yet i don't i don't even know don't worry, like there is no guidebook, as we said, to personal finances. So wherever you're starting and whatever questions you have or have not asked yourself, like don't use it against yourself. Start where you're at and start asking yourself these questions now, if now is the time. So for for me, we've already Can I add, Yeah, go ahead.
0: When I was asking myself that question at 21, 22, I just want to frame like the example, which in that case, I was making, I chose to go from making $55,000 a year, like that was a solid offer to making $30,000 a year. And so like, sometimes it's not always about making more money, but Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. So like, I want people to, when we're talking about the question, like, what what
1: are your expenses or (laughs) is is my income enough to support my lifestyle? or what does this money do for me?
0: Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just being curious in that space um, because by asking that question, I knew what I could afford or not afford to do right um, And I didn't want to be I didn't want money to be the thing that held me back from leaning into something that I felt like was purposeful um, which yeah. I think is another value of a lot of my clients is like they they have really strong like community family values and so they want the freedom and flexibility to be able to make choices that feel good, like when we talk about value. So I also don't want people to ask that question and hear like, oh my God, I always need to be like making more money, but I just want you to right. feel in control. Because um, the decision could be, we're going down to a one income household and that could feel good to you. But if you know your numbers, you know exactly how that's going to work.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a, that is a really great example because I think... I know a couple of people that are going through that right now where they're making decisions. Either they're moving to a new city where one person has gotten the job and the other person hasn't gotten a job yet. And they're like, does it make sense? When do I need to have a job by, right? Or maybe they're having another kid. And at what point does it not make sense to send two children to daycare for your income? Do you know those numbers? Do you understand it? Ultimately, it's a math problem, but there are, are several factors. Like what are those things that people listening, basic personal finance should be considering and thinking about when they're just trying to make decisions for their basic lives if they want to grow? Imagine that where you are right now,
0: that you have created the best results with like what you know. Right, so like just like mm-hmm. being able, I think, to allow people to release shame because there's a lot of like shoulding that people do. Yeah, like I should have more money saved. I shouldn't be in debt. Right, and so like when you're constantly going around and you're talking to yourself in that way, then it's just digging you deeper into the like putting your head into the sand and ignoring it. That's why like when you were asking about Kina lurkers, your shame, you like your shame is digging you further and further into the hole, because you're also worried about like, what are all the things that I'm going to have to give up? And if you just consider that where you are right now, you're perfectly fine. You're perfectly whole. You're perfectly okay. You don't need to do complicated math. (laughs) Um, that like, there's only, you can only go forward from where you currently are.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's good news. I mean, what I was saying and I I think I have such a healthy relationship with the word math that you're right, it's like so not triggering to me and I do think because I work with entrepreneurs, like a lot of them maybe have a more healthy than the average human being relationship with that word. But really what why I think it just makes everything simpler is because I think that it's actually scarier when we think that we need to, um, you know, be very well-adjusted human beings (laughs) either in order to get our money stuff together. It's like, no, we just need a couple of basic things understood. And I think the questions here to be asking ourselves we said are what, what is my money going to do for me? What do I want it to do for me? And can it currently? And What's kind of like the next best thing that I need to learn or that I want to do this month? So, if are you, do you work with people trying to set them up for a year, for a month in habit form? Yeah. Like, so with clients,
0: I always start like in the opening session with them, I get them to think about where they want their life to be in different like increments of time. And so we, I actually asked them to think about what kind of life they want when they're 80 years old, like to push them out far, Um, because I don't think we pay attention to like that version of ourselves. Yeah. Um, And then I asked them to think about like, well, what does that mean? Six six months from now, what do you want to be true? A year from now, five years from now. And so um, when I'm helping them build like a spending plan, which is what I call it, then we're tackling the things that they talked about. Um, And some of them are financially related in the sense that they may have a concrete goal. Like I want to pay off my credit card. Um, Or they may have, you know, another goal that's like, I want to get married in, in five years. Right. So like Mm -hmm. we're even able to insert into our conversations. What does that look like as your money changes from year to year? What conversations Mm -hmm. would you want to be having with partners? So back to like asking questions we ask a lot of questions to get them to like think differently about their money
1: yeah and so one of the things that we talked about right in the beginning and then we kind of got away from it was like as you make more money let's say you're a business owner and you are kind of figuring out the earnings part where you have a product or a service and people are starting to buy or starting to get things rolling there what is this phenomenon that we see where as people grow their income, they're still feeling that same exact discomfort. What is that about? Like why, what, what do we see the most that continues to happen as people make more money? That's kind of keeping them in in the same financial mindset.
0: I'm curious on your thoughts first.
1: Yeah. So what I see happening is that we're sold this thought that if I just make more money, I can out earn my, my scarcity thoughts. And we said our, the thoughts and feelings are really at the core of it. And if you believe I don't have enough money, I need more of it, that thought has It no has no bottom to it, right? It's like a bottomless pit. We just need to earn and earn and earn. And the other thing is, is that when we're operating in our day-to-day based on I don't have enough, that feeling of not enoughness often causes us to want to spend in order to feel better. We want to spend because we think the spending more money is going to make us feel more enough is going to make us feel more whatever we were looking for when we desired to earn more money. right? And so I think it's what we said all the time is that there's no difference actually between the money habits necessarily of someone who earns more money or who earns 30,000 or who earns $300,000. And we've seen it firsthand behind this scenes of people who figured out the earnings part, but they're just like, why, why isn't this getting better? What's happening? What, how do I solve for this? So having a spending budget sounds unsexy, but what I say to my clients is there's something that happens where my clients think, I don't want to experience deprivation. I just, it. if I have to, if I if I can't spend on this, I won't have as much fun or I won't have as much pleasure or as much joy. And what I'm watching happen for them is actually the things that they're buying are co- are not causing them joy. What they're experiencing is a lot of stress, a lot of overwhelm, and a lot of uh, lack of control, really. They don't feel like they have control over their life because they're spending and then they're in this situation where they're like, I need to keep making more money. So, I if you're listening to this and you identify with that, I would just ask yourself, can we rewrite our thoughts about control? Does and, and about joy and a pleasure? Does joy and pleasure come actually from you spending on these things consistently or is there a deeper well-being that comes from feeling like you can trust yourself and know when you want to spend and when you don't want to spend? Does that make sense, or do you yeah. see that with your clients?
0: I definitely do. I wrote down a couple of notes because <laughs> um, the last part you said is like people as they're earning more money. I think it goes back to the first question that we were asking, which is like, um, like, what does my current, what does, what will my finances right now currently allow me to do. And I think the fundamental breakdown for a lot of people is like, there's a gap in understanding for like the lifestyle that they desire to have
1: Mm. and
0: how much that costs. And they may actually have enough, but they haven't actually like mapped it out. Like I always tell people when I think about budgeting, I think about it in terms of expansion. So like if generational wealth is the goal, it can start with writing the numbers down. If peace of mind is the goal, it starts with writing the numbers down. Um, Because I think the habits that people have at $30,000, $40,000, whatever, you know, is under six figures, is like, well, let me just pay the bills. And then like, I hope I have something left. Right. Um, and, And a lot of people, I think, also identify when they're making like what seems like not enough they were good at managing their money so they've also built the thought that like managing is only a budget is only for when i need to manage money to you like make my ends meet versus being able to see that like i can like plan out my numbers so i can also do all of these other things because you know i have been bold and asked for more money like i have invested in myself um you know, or I have raised my prices in my business, whatever that is, and being able to know that as a byproduct of that, how I manage my money, I have access to all of these other pieces. Um, But so I think like one, there's a gap in understanding. I also think that people don't realize that lifestyle creep is real. Um, And as you make (laughs) more, you're like, ooh, and even just thinking, right, like I told you I was rich in college with $300 a month. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, I want to buy a house. Oh, I have a car payment. Right. So there's like also new things coming Mm -hmm. up. Um, And some of them are actually needs. And then some of them are wants. But when you aren't actually assessing what's happening in your life and you're just going for like whatever that offer amount is from your job or whatever you think your goal is in your business, you're just kind of like blindly chasing money because you're not Actually sitting down and looking at the facts because, like you were saying, those scarcity thoughts where you're attaching that, like, well, I make, you know, a million dollars a year, so I shouldn't have to budget. I make three hundred thousand right. dollars a year. I shouldn't have to budget. And I deserve, you know, um, this yes. YSL bag. But you can have all of those things and have peace of mind if you just sit down and look at your numbers.
1: Yeah, right and that's where it came back to I was saying it's just about doing the math, but it's really just about looking at your numbers and understanding and just making some decisions ahead of time about where you want to spend your money. And let's just talk about since we do have entrepreneurs that are are our clients. Let's talk about paying ourselves a salary versus owner draws. Cause I know this must be something that you teach your clients how to do because this is one of the most consistent things that I see um like those multiple those people that reach multiple six figures or six figures pretty quickly in their business really struggle with where it's like, like you said too, it's like, oh, I'm making all this money and it just kind of you want to just take it from your business and put it into your account. And there's no understanding of how do I get it consistently? How do I actually treat my business like a business? How do I treat my income as if I were an employee of my own business and shifting to that mindset? right? As you see people trying to solve for their finances with owner draws all the time,
0: Or like the thought that they can make more going back to this. Like I can make more money. Like if I have a $10,000 a month, I'm like, yeah, what does, that doesn't mean anything. First off, if you're lucky, you get to take home like $3,000. Right. (laughs) Like, um, I just, I feel like when people get into business, they don't think about the financial piece of it. I also don't think there's a lot of good like resources to help people think about like, it sounds really sexy to leave your job until you realize, Oh, I need to pay for insurance. Oh, 401k. Like these, like the total value proposition of when you work with an employer versus being your own employee of your business. I'm like, dang, you know, like even in my business, I'm like wealth over now you got money. Keena. I mean, you got some money, but like wealth over now is really the one that has the money, but being yeah. able to like understand all of those pieces, um, and I was saying that because when we're talking about like salary or an owner's draw, that if you really understand what you want to do with a dollar that comes into your business and you like for me, I teach clients to do for consistency purposes, like regardless of it's a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, like I still want you to manage it in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um and so we like for my clients, I don't know what you do with yours, but I help them look at their trends. Like, let's actually see what's happening. What's been happening annually. What's been happening, the happening the last six months. Um, and let's see how much your business can actually afford to pay you to pay and you. keep other things in your business alive. But then we also, I also want them to know their personal numbers. Cause I'm like, how much do you need to be paid? So it's not just about how much your business brings in like, I feel like there's a couple of different moving pieces at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think for me, like you said, the key piece that you said was consistency. And when you Mm -hmm. can just build a habit of paying yourself the same amount, it actually matters less what you're paying yourself at first. And it matters more to me that they can see that they can pay themselves, even if it's $500 a paycheck every time consistently, instead of being like, okay, I'm going to pay myself you know, $1,000 a paycheck or $2,000 a paycheck. And then next week, oh, I can't do that. So I'm not going to pay myself at all. And then in, you know what I mean? I I think it's more important that we build up this habit of consistently paying ourselves so that you don't have that entrepreneur roller coaster. The entrepreneur roller coaster, as I define it, is this experience of, I just had a 10K month, YOLO, let's... Owner draw, owner draw. And when I say owner draw, for those of you listening, it's just essentially when you take money from your business and you just transfer it from your business account to your personal account, but it's not in that consistent way that it was a planned expense for your business of paying yourself a salary. And you're just kind of taking it as you want it and as you need it. And so
0: when your personal bank account is low, generally speaking, your personal (laughs) bank account is
1: low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it, if you know that you're paying yourself even if it's just $500 or $250 I, I, depending on where you're starting right um let's say $500 a week you're paying yourself then you understand okay i'm going to be making $2000 this month and my personal business my personal account my personal expenses need to live with that, that. so you're not going to let yourself get down to what the the amount or the situation where you need to pull from your business account. You just don't give that an option. Like imagine as if you were a corporate employee and you were like, "Oh, my personal account's low. Can I just like get a forward on my paycheck? Think People about it. People do ask that. <laughs> they do, but I would say a lot less regularly than an entrepreneur asks for it from themselves. right? Um <laughs> So anyway, so I I think that when when I am looking at an entrepreneur and I'm saying, hey, it's time for you to hire a money coach. Like, what are the telltale signs that it's like the perfect time to start thinking about money? Because I think a lot of my clients think that the time is when they're starting earning six figures, but that's not true. What is the, what what? are the things for you that you say that they're going to get out of it?
0: Um, I think my clients self-identify business owners when they're in that like feast or famine. So when they're noticing Mm -hmm. the trend of like, I'm making more money, but I don't, I'm not experiencing more control. Or I think another telltale sign is like, these taxes came out of nowhere. I'm like, no, honey, they didn't. (laughs) You knew you had to pay taxes. You just, you didn't have a plan for it. Right. And so um, I think like those are generally the things that bring a uh, business owner to me because they are describing themselves as like in that feast or famine cycle or the taxes have kind of caught them off guard. Um and they can look and see like I make way too much money for this to be happening.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that if you're an entrepreneur listening, how you know that it's a time is if you want more peace of mind and control. With your money. It doesn't really matter how much money you are earning. It matters that you have an understanding of what you're going to do as your business grows. And there is no early, there's not a better time than now to get a handle on your personal finances, especially as. If you have a lot of control over where that, when that money is coming from, if you're in the habit of pulling money from your business, listen, if you're going into the farming industry and you were like really hungry person, you would, you would make sure that you understood how to let your crops grow before you just like pull ripped them out of the ground for your dinner that night. And so Keena and I are here to support you. I am so glad that we got to have this conversation. I always feel like there's not, there's too many things to talk about when it comes to money. And maybe next time we have this conversation, we just like bring a, a client along for the ride that can just ask us questions. Cause I'm always like, what, do, what do the people want to know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I was like, what do the people want to know? I feel like they want to know where to start, but I also know that we're wrapping up. So we're not, we're not going to go down that, but I feel like just to like a stamp that I would say, if you were looking at starting is like, just looking at what you want to spend money on, even like how you spent money this week and thinking about like, do you agree with how you spent money this week? And then also taking some time to celebrate what you're doing well.
1: Yeah. My producer, I think has a question for us. What do you want to know, Christine? Thank you. What are three habits that I could start right now to build wealth for myself and my business? Okay. Do we want to tag team this? What are you thinking?
0: I mean, I think the first one I would say starting right now is contributing to your retirement. So as a business owner, um, setting up, like talking to your accountant, talking to a financial advisor, getting a SEP IRA or solo 401k set up. And I think it's just it's as similar as paying yourself consistently, like just contributing some amount. And once you start to like, actually know like, oh yeah, I am gonna pay my future self, that amount will increase over time, but just mm-hmm. creating that habit right now.
1: Yeah, that's so good because that's gonna contribute to your personal finances growth over time. And the second one that I would say is that, habit of consistency of paying yourself a salary even if it's super super low. If you are not yet paying yourself consistently the same amount, even if you have to start with $100 a week, do that and build up that habit because what that's going to do, it's not only going to contribute to a consistent uh growth of your personal account, but it's also going to build up that respect for your business as a separate entity and respect for your business's money separate from your money. And then as you do have those higher months, as you do see that the trends are going upward and you are making more and more money, you can make the decision to give yourself a raise. I'm making that decision in advance. I made it at the beginning of this year that I'm going to give myself a raise in June. Could I do it right now? Probably, but I don't want to have a situation where I end up having to be like, Ooh, I'm not can't do it this month or I'm not going to do it this month, or I'm putting my business in a kind of uneasy situation. I want to make sure that I've built up the reserves enough to where giving myself a raise just makes absolute sense. So that would be number two for you, paying yourself consistently a salary. Um, I think I would go back to saving money. And I would also say like save
0: money in your business and save money on the personal side. Mm. Like just making that a habit Um, because that's going to give you that freedom. Like on the personal side, if you do like, let's talk business finances and just business ownership, right? Like there could be a lull in your business. But when you have that savings, whether on the personal side or the business side, it's going to give you comfort because you've prepared in advance. So, just making sure you're not neglecting that area of your life. I think there's a lot of like financial gurus that are like, pay off debt. And I'm like, do both at the same time, right? If you're like in that position, um, because the saving money is also going to prevent you from getting into more debt
1: absolutely yeah and it will help you out with those situations now a reserves or saving money is not the same thing as saving money for taxes there's taxes there's that specific budget and then there's just uh, what i call a line item cuz we use a specific uh, way of budgeting a line item for reserves and for me like that would look like Uh, I have a money back guarantee, so I haven't had anyone ever ask for a refund, but if someone does, where's that going to come from? Like, I want to make sure that I have the reserves in order to afford any unexpected business expense that might come up. So good. Yeah. I think those are a good three places to start. I love it. And if you uh if you're kind of ready to have a more in-depth conversation, if you have some objections that you're like, but wait, my special snowflake situation, <laughs> it's probably time for you to set up a consult. Have a consult with Kina and me. Who knows? We uh we are probably slightly different approaches and slightly different vibes. And I think it's important for you to for you to find a coach who you really vibe with because we know that at the end of the day, we're helping you both with the same exact problem. And we want women, especially to have this be a norm for them. I think men just have more access to conversations about money. This conversation that's happening between two, three, because if you guys can't see my producers in the background, listening to this conversation, it is important that women are having these conversations. Men, you know, my brother had access to these conversations with my grandfather and my dad in ways that I really wasn't spoken to about it. So the more you can even just, even if you're not ready to hire, the more you could just have these conversations, ask these questions, will help you feel more comfortable, which will ultimately help you lean into and make better decisions in your money.
0: Yeah, I'm a big proponent of like money conversations and money conversations don't have to be about like, how much debt are you in? How much money do you make? how much are you saving like even having a conversation about buying you know, like home ownership like if that's something on your mm-hmm. radar like being able to talk to a close friend that maybe bought a house in the last few years or whatever that looks like right or um we were talking about your kids earlier right like even thinking about childcare costs right like there's yeah. so many little micro money conversations that mm. i just encourage people to have because it allows you to learn from other people um, and maybe your family didn't talk about money or they're not even comfortable talking about money. I think that's another reason to engage with a coach because you have someone that is open to having these money conversations with you. Um, and then you can use like, you can use coworkers. You can use um, your peer circle to also just engage in money conversations and build up your, your confidence and you know how comfortable you feel talking about finances.
1: Absolutely. I think that's really great. Lesson to leave people with. All right, you guys. If, if you want to have these conversations, we're gonna drop the links to our consults in the show notes. It's very casual conversation. Again, don't worry. We're not gonna show your underwear to the world. We there's nothing we haven't seen. And also. In many cases, I, I didn't really even explain, but I have been in the situation where I had no money, I had debt, I had bad habits, all the things. So so we're, we're here to support you. All right, talk to you later, guys. Bye, thank you. Hey, hamsters. if you wanna learn more about today's topic, head over to whatshappening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening, dot com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening, W-J-E-S. Again, that's happy, H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G. And book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.